Welcome to Short Stories, a podcast on mommyhood matters by The Shortest Tallman. I am your host, Maggie Tallman, The Shortest Tallman herself. Grab a cup of coffee or tea and hang out with me while we discuss everything mommyhood. I'll share with you a bit about my own life and stories and bring on some amazing guests who are real moms like you and me doing really amazing things. So let's get started. Um, sorry for that big delay between episodes five and six. Um, you know, I had such a goal to make this, you know, podcast super consistent and professional and have, you know, all of the episodes come out Mondays at 6 a.m. And you know what? The last week of school or last couple weeks of school just kind of, I don't know, knocked me on my rear end. It was crazy. Um, we had so many things going on, like lots of school things. I, I don't know. It kind of took me by surprise um, between field trips and picnics and the piano recital and softball games and soccer games and t-ball. And I don't know, basically it was a lot of peopling and it was fun, but it was exhausting. <laughs> and, um, you know, Father's Day last Sunday. Oh my gosh, there were so many things. And then, um, tallest Tallman's birthday was yesterday. So I even plan on at least, at least coming out, you know, Monday morning, 6am on the 25th and it's not 6am anymore. So whatever. I hope you can forgive me. Um, I think you might be able to, cause this episode should be pretty sweet. Um, it features an interview with my friend Andrea, who's an OT and, um, We talk about a lot of great stuff that's, you know, very, very relevant for moms. We talk a lot about, well, first of all, we talk about what an OT is and what she specializes in the OT world. Um, And, you know, we we have some laughs and we talk about um, self-care, lots of lots of very, you know, relevant mom issues that I think you're going to enjoy. You know, while I'm here talking to you. On my little monologue, um, I just wanted to share with you this this brand new thing that um, I just started doing a few days ago, and I'm really excited about. And it's not even that new; it's been around for a few years on the Webernets. And me and my BFF are just um, kind of new to this, but she heard about it. it's called a bullet journal, and basically, it's kind of like a planner, kind of like a journal, but it's blank. Um, and the, the style that, that we each got was, it had like little dots on the page, um, kind of like grid lines, but without the lines, it's just like those vertices. Um, and you can basically design, design however you want, um, you know, design your own planner. It's, you know, you can use it for to-do lists, for future goals, for various lists of, of things, um, like maybe a list of, you know, it could be fun things like I want to read these books this summer. Um, you know, it's very simple things like a planner. Like I, you know, I'm writing out a daily, you know, planner for, you know, how I want my day to go. Um, so I'm kind of excited about it at seeing that today is the first day of summer vacation and I have all, all three of my littles with me and, I just, you know, I was kind of looking forward to this time and knowing that there was going to be a huge shift in life because all the sports are over and school will be over. Um, So we'll have a lot more free time. And 
I want to, like, not that I want to overachieve this summer, but I don't want the summer to get away from me without, you know, doing some little day trips or fun little activities, um, or even just, you know, making sure that we make time for reading every single day. Um, I love that the summer doesn't have so many routines, but I feel like it can end up kind of just being this organic blob of time too. So, um, I just kind of wanted to work in some routines there to, you know, make the most of it. So I'm going to try it with this bullet journal. So um, I'll write a blog post about it with pictures so you can kind of see what I'm talking about if you've never heard of it before. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited, though. It's It's been kind of fun. Um, it's funny because when you first get it, you're, you have all these colorful markers or pens, whatever, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Like, I don't want to, like, mar this completely blank thing. But once you get going on it, that it's like, oh, my gosh, what else can I write in here? Anyway, getting off on a tangent. Um, so, yes, um, I hope you enjoy this interview with Andrea. I think you really will. And um, here's to being consistent with the rest of the podcast at uh, Monday morning um, publishing time. So thanks a lot for listening and enjoy. Hello, everybody. I'm very excited because today I have my good friend, Andrea O'Brien, or I like to refer to her as AOB. And um, I also refer to her as um, my earthy, crunchy friend. Um, (laughs) I'm sure we'll get into talking a little bit about being earthy and being crunchy. She's not that earthy, crunchy. She doesn't have, not that there's anything wrong with dreadlocks. I'm not judging she does not have dreadlocks. You know, she's she showers, things like that. Most days. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm apparently being very judgy today. So I apologize if you are not someone who showers. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Andrea is uh, she's a wife. She is a mom. She is an OT. And she runs a little business that we like to call, well, she likes to call O'Brien Wellness. And she has also a lovely Instagram page where she puts um, lots of um, inspirational um, feel-good quotes that I like that are all about mindfulness and, um, you know, having your priorities in check and all that good stuff. So anyway, what's going on, AOB? Not too much. Not too much. Kids are off to school. Mommy gets her... uh my Thursday downtime. Yes. Yes. Your Thursday is enviable. Yes. I feel like you have a great, we'll, we'll talk about this as we go on, but I feel like you have a really great, um, work balance situation because, you know, I really think I, and and I used to be a full-time mom. Um, granted I was a teacher, so I did work a hundred and, you know, 83 days or whatever out of 365. Mm -hmm. So I felt, feel very fortunate for, you know, even when I was full-time and now I'm home at full-time and I do think that there's a real um, beauty to the part-time situation. I have been very, very blessed. It's, it's something, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's something that um, kind of landed in my lap and I am taking full advantage of it and loving yeah. it. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So let's talk about this because you have a lot of hats. Yes. Um, 
And that kind of seems to be actually a, uh, uh, a theme here with the people that I'm interviewing. But yeah. yes, you, you wear many hats. Um, uh, what, what are all of these hats? Well, in the OT world, we call them roles. So obviously okay. you kind of talked about them. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of dive into OT stuff because so many people don't know what OT is. So we'll just kind of yes, tie OT into everything. That's here. question number two, yeah. because yes, I was a teacher and I knew that there was OT and I knew there was PT and I equated OT with um, pencil grip. Yeah. Yep. Most people <laughs> so I'm sure school, it's so. well, much more than that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Very, very one dimensional understanding of OT. So, so yes, what are your hats? And then, and yeah, and explain OT for us. So for me, I have roles. So roles are the different hats, if you want to call them, mm -hmm. um, that we have in our life. So you touched upon the fact that I'm a mother. So that's one of my roles. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a daughter. Um, I'm also very, you know me, um, some other people know me in the community. I am definitely multi-passionate. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, sometimes I get that, uh, what is it, the shiny object? I see a training or something. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Yes. Um, so I kind of have a lot of interests. Um, like we said, I'm an occupational therapist and I work part-time within the addiction and recovery field. Um, at a local rehab center. In addition, I'm starting my own private practice with holistic occupational therapy. Um, I'm working on a yoga training. So to be a yoga therapist or a yoga teacher, teacher, yoga teacher, that's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> yoga therapist is down the road. I'm, I'm going to work on that probably also. Oh, that's um, a thing? It is. A, it is a thing. So there's oh. a yoga therapist. Um, I'm actually heading to Cape Cod this weekend to do a training Ooh. for yoga for addiction and recovery. Ooh. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of, I guess I do a lot of things. You know, it's one of those things where you sit at night and you're like, I don't do anything. What do I do all day? And then when I kind of think about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you'll kind of say, <laughs> and I'm like, but you have 8 million certifications and trainings. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do it all, but you do. Yeah. Um, so really it's, I see. So, I mean, there's absolutely, a, you know, a common thread through all of it, which is this, you know, health and wellness, mm -hmm. um, you know, with sort of this um, specialty in, in addiction and mm -hmm. all that that means. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, Occupational therapy. Yes. What, how, yes. Let's <laughs> let's back up because, and I know on your on your Facebook page, your face your personal Facebook page, you know you've you've um, shared a lot of really funny memes that like the one from the guy from Game of Thrones or whatever that's like one does not just explain <laughs> OT. <laughs> So, so explain I like, it. I like to kind of go back to the history of it. So okay. occupational therapy was originally developed in World War One time. And I believe it was developed by nurses who were giving soldiers that returned from war who were injured something to do. So occupations in its most simple form is how you occupy your time. Okay. So not and, just strictly, you know, career job. Not career, like, not okay. job, um, not just how you work. occupy your time. Okay, that makes sense. So it's how you occupy your time. So, you know, whatever setting an OT is working on or working in, they look at their clients and how do you occupy your time? So I have uh, peers that I graduated with that might work in the NICU. So they okay. work with a preemie. So obviously a preemie is occupying their time by unfortunately, laying in an incubator at that time. Sure. So they might be working on things like positioning to help prevent contractures and long-term, you know, uh, challenges from being in that situation. 
within the school-based setting, you're looking at the students and what are their strengths, because we always focus on strengths first, and where are they not excelling or I don't want to use the word excelling. That's not the right word. What are some of the areas they're having challenges in school? So that can be anything from handwriting. That can be so the pencil grips. I thought of okay, Um, but it's also social skills. You know, a lot of times OTs, especially in the school, are working with the speech therapists and social workers or the counselors. They might be teaching social skills. They might be teaching things like sensory based strategies to be able to um, focus within the classroom. So there's that. And then we can move on to, you know, maybe kids with various diagnoses that might be transitioning, need a little extra help deciding on how to live independently. You know, there's hand therapists. Oh, my gosh, there's OTs in pretty much everything. There's OTs that I know that I follow that do pelvic rehabilitation. So think about you moms out there that, you know, after pregnancy, things don't always work as they did previously. (laughs) Um, So they work in that aspect, you know, and they even have OTs that work in hospice. I love those points in, um, in, in, you know, doing these podcast interviews where I just know every single listener is like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. about that one day when we were jumping at um yes. the trampoline place i was like yes, that that was i don't recall yes. that previously <laughs> yes yeah no no yep there's there's multiple you know w- thinking about how you need to wear protection um it has a whole new meaning um, yeah after you after you've um had children <laughs> but anyway continue oh, oh you got me sidetracked on that one so <laughs> I think I was saying there's even OTs that work in hospice. So helping, you know, individuals that might be at the end of life and things that they want or just to make them more comfortable at the end of life. So it was really kind of cool when I landed into OT and I was like, I can work from birth to death and anything in between. You know, there's OTs that work in hippotherapy, which is with the horses, not hippos. Um, Okay. (laughs) Well, what is is it called? Is horse therapy when you help hippos or what? Uh, You know what? I don't even know. But um, when I was teaching over in college, there was a student who just had that passion for the horses and she was getting trained in hippotherapy. So it's, you know, it works on core strength and stability and you know, they've done research with children. They've done research with individuals with Parkinson's disease and things uh, like that. Um, you know, there's OTs that work with the veterans that are coming back, whether it's the PTSD aspect of it or with adaptive equipment, which is any adaptive equipment is pretty much anything from a reacher to a socket, you know, after okay. head surgery, or it can be as a complex as, you know, learning how to use an iPad or augmentive communication devices. So OTs do some really, really cool stuff. I have a friend. It's really just being in the business of helping people live their life. Yes. You know, finding strategies or adaptive equipment, you know, which is really just another type of strategy Mm -hmm. in a broader sense, right? Where, you know, to help people live their life, um, you know, enjoy their life and live their life, you know, joyfully. Absolutely. And it's, you know, we we look at not just the client, but we look at the environment too. So the OTs have a big part in um, the American Disability Act and looking at facilities to see if, you know, they're accessible. Mm-hmm. So I know the OT for New Hartford, if people are listening locally, um, the OT with New Hartford went through and did an assessment with the high school to see how adaptable or how accessible the gym is for someone that maybe is in a wheelchair or maybe has other um, challenges. Can they reach mm-hmm. certain things? So 
really kind of cool. Yeah, um, that is really cool. So OT can do about 8,000 million things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now it makes sense when you talk to yes, them. <laughs> yes. I, you know what? When you, It's funny because a lot of times stepping back and looking at things in the broader sense is oftentimes, you know, complicates matters and is not, does not, you know, uh, help me understand things better. But mm-hmm. in this sense, it totally, totally does. Yeah. So um, what is your specialty within the realm of occupational therapy? Um, mine has always been health and wellness. That's really what I fell in love with when I was completing my master's in OT. Um, you know me well enough now, but when I was mm-hmm. doing my master's in OT, I decided that I should also um, pursue a health coaching certific- certification. Um, and I think that's also when I fell in love and started researching craniosacral therapy. Which oh, is, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes. Andrea does that too. Actually, yeah. tell us what craniosacral therapy is. Um, am I allowed to use certain words or are we going to edit them out? Because I usually um, call it, we'll call it, I usually call it head to butt or oh. you can use a different word. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, how, you know, how, how far are we going? But no, we're just. Um, and safe, yes. Even that, a, even that other word is safe too, I think. We're good. We're all grown-ups here. I didn't want you to label anything. So it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful light-touch therapy. Um, I use my hands. My clients are fully clothed, which is partly what I like about it. Um, <laughs> that's why I didn't so want to go into massage therapy. <laughs> that's why I didn't go into massage therapy. But, um, uh, you I know, think like, that every time I get a massage, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know how they do this. I mean, all day long. I know. Neither here nor there. So my clients just lay on the table. I use my hands. The weight is about the weight of a nickel of pressure that I use, and it works to restore balance in the body. So I'm going to keep the, we could go really deep. I'm going to keep this pretty shallow for those. Sure. Um, but we have fascia and I always say fascia. If you think about a chicken breast, that white slimy stuff that's on the chicken breast, okay. that you usually try and get off. That's your fascia. And we have okay. that all throughout our body and we get restrictions in that, be it from physical, you know, bumping into a wall, car accident, anything. And we also get it from emotional stuff. We start to get restrictions in the body, and that's when things like pain, stress, anxiety can kind of get kicked up. So this therapy works to kind of very gently release those. Um, I like it because I'm a firm believer in chiropractic. I love massage. I love all of those things. But this is much gentler. Those can sometimes be, what's the word I want to use? Um, Aggressive is a hard word, but, you know, they're doing something kind of forceful to the body with a good outcome. Right. This is this is much much gentler, and because of that, sometimes you can go deeper and have longer lasting effects. So, wow. yeah. So, my plug That's is: cool. next time you're in a car accident, even a little fender bender, call me right away because it really works. Hmm. <laughs> so, gosh. Okay, I've got like I'm putting that on a post-it note right now. I got to look into that. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So. I forgot where health, we were going yeah, before that. Health and wellness. Oh, so health and wellness right. is really, that's always just what I've been interested in. I've always, you know, in OT school and, you know, everywhere else, we have all these different models. And so there's the medical model where we're coming at people and we're fixing them. Right. Whereas prevention and health and wellness, we're working with people to kind of improve health and even try and prevent chronic diseases and chronic conditions and things like that. So I've always been interested in the prevention side of things. I Um, see. 
you know, there's some, so many gifted therapists that are good at, you know, more of the rehabilitation. That was never really my interest. I like to prevent. I like to see people when they're still healthy. Right. Sure. Okay. So, and now, you know, you, you also work as an, you know, in the field of addiction too, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you have this interest in it right now. Um, you know, and addiction is, you know, we're hearing all the time about, mm-hmm. you know, about, um, for example, the o- opioid mm-hmm. crisis right now and how it's affecting everybody. Um, and it's not, you know, you're not seven degrees of separation from, you know, someone who's dealing with this. Um, you know, what, what is your take on addiction right now? I mean, is it really something that, cause I still, you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you mm-hmm. I, in my life. I think, okay, I don't know somebody firsthand that I'm aware of mm-hmm. who is, you know, personally afflicted with the opioid crisis. I'm not right. saying that it doesn't exist. I just, I'm not aware of it. Right. At um, you know, I know of people that have alcohol issues. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I have people in my life that have, um, uh, you know, cigarette smoking issues. Um, you know, what is that, you know, is that kind of it, you know, just that stuff, which is big stuff. It's all big stuff. I think addiction runs the gamut. Um, right now, from what I've seen between social media, regular media, and where I am, the opioid crisis right now is what's getting the attention because that's where the money is. It's the money from the manu- the we're not, we won't get into the politics of anything here, but sure, there's sure. the money in the drug companies that produce it. There's money right. in, and then there's also money in medication assisted treatment. So things like Suboxone and Vivitrol and all the meds that they use. So leaving that side out of it, addiction, addiction has definitely grown, whether it's the substance abuse that we're thinking of, whether that's alcohol, heroin, cocaine, you know, all of those. Right. But it's also systemic and just addicting to numbing out in life. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, that's a lot of what I see, you know, it's poor coping skills. Okay. Um, it's just the numbing out and the disconnection, you know, we're so, I I was actually running a group the other day and so often, how often do you just sit with your friends and you're, you're having a conversation, but your phone is there. And you're only half listening because, you know, a text message and we just, we have so much information coming at us that sometimes we just numb out and addiction. You know, and we've talked about this before. I think you and I, um, you know, there's such, and and I, this might make me, you know, rather unpopular by saying this, but there is such a culture, like the mom culture right now is it's like the mom has the glass of wine in hand, mm-hmm. you know, constantly. It's like you can't ha- just hang out with somebody without having, you know, without having a glass of wine. Always, always, always. Um, and why? Like, why do we always feel like we have to do that? Um, you know, I, I'm coming from a place yeah. where I am, I am rather quickly affected by alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I like to feel in control. So I don't oftentimes choose that, you know, I think, I think just, you know, the physical or chemical makeup of my body leads me to kind of not head down that road, but, you know, but why do we always have to try to numb out? Um, I think it's a media thing. It's a, again, think about all the things that we do right now. And, you know, I was going to touch upon this a little bit later, but I'll bring it up right now. But, you know, we have kids, we, you know, some of us are fortunate 
or unfortunate, however you want to look at it. But some <laughs> of us work part time. We're not at all sure. mothers. A lot of mothers work full time, have kids in activities, trying to make time for themselves, trying to find yeah. time for themselves, plus get X, Y, Z. If you got one kid, two kids, I'm I know you have a couple kids, you know, trying to keep all of these schedules down that sometimes you don't get a chance to sit down or breathe until, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, a glass of wine is an easy way to unwind, not a healthy way. Always. I'm not saying we can't drink. I have no problem with drinking. It's again, it's where we draw that line. Um, But it's easy. And you think about girls night out, as a mom, if you don't have coping skills and stress management and all of these healthy things to do during the day, you get girls night out and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I can breathe. It's, it's there. It's so easily accessible. It's socially. Okay. It's almost, yes. I think we've kind of gotten to the point where you don't drink. I mean, I'll share a little, you're the odd one out, you know, I'll share a little personal story. You know, I went down to go see my sister. Um, now recognize my last name's O'Brien and she married into the Irish nationality as well. And we happened to be <laughs> down there for St. Patrick's day. Right. And they're like, oh, are you drinking? It. Right. They're like, you're drinking. I'm like, I- I'm not drinking. They're like, why aren't you drinking? I'm like, okay. I'll, you know, cause everybody's drinking. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have a half a glass of wine. And I know myself and I stopped there. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just there. And then, you know, sometimes there's those comments, well, you're Irish. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. So again, I think we've just, and again, there's nothing wrong with drinking, but it's, we are a society that just assumes that women need to drink. And especially once you be, enter the motherhood, right. you drink, you drink, that's, that's your coping That's goal. the whole thing is it feels like it's such a expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's just like an expectation that, you know, for something that is, you know, within, within balance, of course, it's perfectly fine, but, you know, certainly something that is not healthy. I mean, it's not healthy, (laughs) you know, in the end, I mean, without getting into it again, I'm not saying you can't drink as long as you don't, as long as you don't have a problem. I've got a bottle of Riesling in my fridge right now. It's fine. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I have lots of friends that, you know, I have a friend who just became, um, just joined, um, there's some wine club, uh, wine. Mm-hmm. It's like a direct sales thing. Yeah. I forget mm-hmm. what it's called, but it's, um, um, like the sales part of the sales go towards a charity. Oh, okay. Ah, so it's really, you know, but in, and another, it's almost like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of preying upon these moms that just <laughs> have and this wine, uh, you know, I don't want to say addiction because maybe it's, maybe it's too strong of a word for, for a majority or, or for, you know, a lot. Yeah. And it's, and it's a word that people are really afraid of. Well, I think there's also, and we can kind of shift into this. I think there's so much shame associated with addiction because addiction is still seen as a choice. It's not seen mm-hmm. as a mental health disorder. Um, and, you know, I can call this right out there. There's, two people on my Facebook page that I'm really struggling with because they like to shame anybody that gets arrested over addiction. And Mm -hmm. I can say this to you, especially, you know, sometimes they happen to be teachers. Mm -hmm. What, what person, if you think about this in a different context, what person wakes up and say, Hey, today's a great day to start smoking crack at school while I'm teaching. (laughs) Instead of giving that person some compassion, right. 
we're so quick to point fingers in, oh my gosh, do you, you think about why, I mean, I can say this to you, you think about why you went into teaching. Right. It was to help children. Now, obviously, there's a lot of, we won't help go down that rabbit hole of the stress of teaching. Right. But that, for most of us, would never enter your mind to do right. that. Sure. So it's something that happens. And as soon as we start really looking at his addiction as a mental health and, and getting the compassion that we're starting to see for individuals that may have depression and anxiety and starting to hold that as these are, these are people that need help and compassion and understanding and tools we're not going to go anywhere in the addiction field. I think the struggle, um, or I know at least for me personally, I run into, but I want people to be accountable. Absolutely. Um, and that, that I think is, you know, the block of, the block of, of having compassion towards it is like, mm -hmm. well, you know, I got to be a grown up. You got to be a grown up too. And you know, it certainly looks like choices, but, you know, it reminds me of, it's, you know, we have shared, um, AOB and I have shared mm -hmm. our love for Brene Brown, all things <laughs> Brene Brown. And in Brene Brown's book, Rising Strong, she rumbles with the concept of, you know, what if people are really trying their best, are doing the best they can? What if, uh, what if people are doing the best they can? So if you look at somebody with an addiction you know, problem. What if they're doing the best they can with the tools they have and mm -hmm. how can we help them, you know, by having compassion and, and helping them get better tools. Absolutely. And that's stop. kind of what OT, how can OT help with medic, with medication, with, <laughs> with addiction? Well, not on, obviously I don't prescribe medications, but you know, yes, I, I didn't I mean to say medication. That's I don't know why no, I, I, I know that, that. But meditation. Another um, word with these on the medication aspect of it, educating them on how, how either their substance use, the, whatever their drug of choice is affects their brain and giving, and then how this heals, or even, you know, those that go through the medication assisted treatments, I see. you know, I might educate them on side effects and things like that, but I help them on so many aspects. You know, I sit down with my clients, especially in that setting. And we just kind of talk about basic things and it ranges from the clients, you know, some clients, it might be getting back to basics and setting a goal on personal hygiene, um, right. you know, things that just really become not a priority and they, they happen all the time. You think about how many times is, even as a new mom, how many of us struggled either full blown postpartum depression or some aspect of that and how mm -hmm. easy when we're feeling down, those things start to slide. So it could be something, you know, more fundamental on, you know, personal hygiene, things like that, getting established with medical care. Some of them don't have primary care doctors and learning how to make that a priority. Some of them it's transportation. It's learning how to use the bus system to get around in the community. Um, I always ask about educational goals. If they have a diploma or a GED, if that's something that they want to work on and then, you know, finding resources for them. I mean, um, I just, you know, the more I'm sitting here listening to you talk, the more I'm just thinking, gosh, you know, an OT, it can be, you know, or coming from the, that OT perspective of, you know, the broader sense of, you know, helping people with their occupations, with how they want to spend their time, um, can be, that, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of vastly helpful mm -hmm. for, you know, people dealing with addiction. Absolutely. Some of them, you think about, 
their addiction becomes their occupation because right. they're always thinking about depending on where they are sure. in, in their addiction cycle. But, you know, first thing they wake up, how am I getting money? How am I getting the drugs? How am I? And that, you know, maybe they're still working. How am I going to hide my use from my family and all of these other things? So sometimes it's just finding healthy activities to do, finding activities in the community so they can be around people and developing healthy relationships. And, you know, I run a relationship group and we talk about boundary setting, um, communication skills, kind of working around things like that. This sounds a lot like, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm thinking that this really sounds like what I would think that a counselor or therapist would do. Um, a lot of it, a lot mm-hmm. of it can overlap. It's again, why it's how I'm looking at it. So it's that a perspective of the occupation of yep. how do I, so okay. a counselor, a therapist is looking much more at the thought processes per mm-hmm. se and working through it in that aspect. I'm working at it is, you know, more role playing, um, articulating the communication skills, the boundary setting, a lot of it does overlap, but it's how people are able to engage in those things. I see. Um, And I do it through activities. We always do activities. Yesterday we did an activity. It was, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It was a communication skills group and they had to partner up and they had to give directions to the other person and draw something without feedback. So it was really great in being able to articulate exactly what they needed the other person to do. And without that feedback, without the body, you know, the, the body language and, the uh, the verbal cues and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. And how does that relate to our relationships? How often do you need that feedback? How much is lost in text messaging when people just write K, you know, respond right. to you? They're not even writing okay they're, or an exclamation point if there's none of that. Right, you know, how, right. How so much can get lost in translation? So it was a, that was a really fun group. Hmm. So really, you know, OT can... I mean, I'm just looking at this whole mental health, you know, a lot of it, a lot of this is, you know, with mental health. Um, And that's one of the things that I remember, you know, knowing that you do, you offer, you know, mental health, you know, uh, services or whatever Mm -hmm. through O'Brien Wellness. So how can OT help with mental health? I think it still comes back. I think I touched upon this. If not, I'll just repeat it Um, from that disconnect. So mm. we have such a disconnect. I look at it like the mind, body, spirit disconnect. And okay. Over Western world, we kind of keep those separated. The Eastern world and yoga philosophy, they're all together. We can't separate them out. You can't work on the mind without working on the body and the spirit. So you kind of have to treat it holistically, um, which is why I like the yoga component of it, because we've got yoga on the mat, yoga off the mat, and tying it all together. I see. Um, and... I forgot where I was going. I get that. <laughs> so, the, so again, with the mental health, so, you know, working on social relationships and, and boundary setting and, and all of this stuff, self-care, um, it all really ties in and it all ties into the mind, body, spirit, and just reconnecting, reconnecting with yourself, um, reconnecting with community, family members, and just kind of going from there. Hmm, okay. So, you know, so you work with, you know, in the addiction field specifically, you know, through it, through this, um, ugh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like this, this entity that you work for, right? Yep. It's, yep. The local rehab. Yes. Um, and then you also have O'Brien Wellness, your own 
private practice. So what are some of the things that you offer with O'Brien Wellness? Hmm. Pretty much all the same things. Okay. Um, I do the cranial sacral therapy because I don't do that in the other setting just right. out of things. Um, sure. We don't touch people <laughs> for boundaries. <laughs> but I do the cranial sacral therapy. Um, I do wellness Wednesdays. So that's locally. I do those in person. And as soon as I can figure out technology, I'm going to get them up online. Okay. Um, which is just a fun, free workshop where we kind of pick a topic and talk about it. So the last one we kicked off was stress. And we talked about the good, bad, and the ugly, because some stress is good, but most of our stress isn't. And then we talked about uh, strategies to kind of reduce reduce the stress okay. in our lives. Um, I do yoga nidra, okay. which is a form of meditation. Um I, I was actually on my walk this morning and I was, I was thinking about everything that I pick really works on the core, the core level of the self, like working on the heart and healing from the inside out. So yoga nidra is different from other forms of meditation in that it's, well, they're all deeply relaxing, but it works to relax the body so that you can really yes. go inward okay. and, um, you know, obviously where people are coming to it, some people just feel refreshed afterwards. Some people can find like their life purpose. So it just depends how long you've been practicing and how deep you go. Right. So, well, and I, the nice, the cool thing about yoga nidra, you know, I do meditate and it's very like in the mind mm-hmm. um, and yoga nidra really brings awareness to your entire body. Absolutely. So that's um, kind of neat, you know, and I like it because at least when I started practicing meditation, I struggled. I, like you said, I couldn't get out of my mind. Am mm-hmm. I doing this right? And my legs crossed right? Should I have my hands in this position? Mm-hmm. You know, I really struggled with that. And um, I think initially I liked yoga nidra because you lay down. <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't matter how I was sitting. Right. Oh, I love it. Um, That's funny. So you lay down in basically Shavasana, which is the mm-hmm. corpse pose like you do at the end of your yoga practice. And it just kind of starts from there. And, you know, they have, there's so many great like graphic tees out there and especially like yoga based mm-hmm. things. Um, Target right now has so many cute things, mm-hmm. um, cute t-shirts with like cool sayings. And I just wanted all of the things. And I bought myself <laughs> one yesterday. It said, know your worth. And I was like, my husband's going to be like, oh, my God, you're such a dork. But I, <laughs> I totally love it. And um, someone really needs to come out with a T-shirt that says, I live for Shavasana. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> coffee love Savasana. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, read, I, I, I do yoga for the Savasana. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, and I do one-on-one coaching. I call it coaching, but it, it's holistic OT. So I'm bringing in the ho- OT side of it. Okay. Holistic OT. Yes. So holistic meaning that mind, body, spirit, right? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And I do things a little bit differently. Like a lot of times when you think of an OT and going to a clinic, you're usually right. going, again, touching upon the wellness side of it. So you're mm-hmm. usually going to fix something. So maybe you hurt yes. your hand, you hurt your hip. So you're going to regain that function. My role is a holistic OT and some are different, but my role is again, more on the prevention. So teaching you new skills to live. I'm going to totally, I'm totally stealing your thing. A more joyful life. <laughs> joyful um, with two L's. Two L's. Autocorrect <laughs> keeps trying to change that on yes. me. Um, That's so okay. I have... My husband's name is Kale. And um, 
it always wants to autocorrect to cake. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I've changed, like you can adjust that. Yeah. So you can change it. So now whenever I'm talking about cake, you get kale. it wants to get put in kale. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm really talking about cake right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I do one-on-one. I am kind of excited. I have a group coming up as soon as I can get it scheduled. I'm hoping for the end of April, but... Mm. Gosh, the end of April is coming up quick. Yeah, adver- advertising is not my strong suit. So um, <laughs> it's one definitely one of my weaknesses. But mm. I'm kind of excited about that. It's a whole um, change your habitude. So looking at our habits, what's working, what's not, and kind of delving deeper into why we have those habits and how mm-hmm. to really set yourself up for success when creating new ones that are that are healthier. You know, this is really um, cool because I, I really, I, you know, going back to that initial, like the history of OT and, and the approach of OT, um, and then looking at it from this, you know, wellness kind of prevention type, you know, holistic uh, perspective, you know, marrying the two, I could see if it would be, you know, it's, it's, a, it's outside of the box, mm-hmm. but um, very beneficial. Absolutely. OTs have a lot to offer. So it's just, and you've known me well enough. It's really, for me, it's fine tuning because sometimes I get really excited. I'm like a puppy dog. I'm like, Ooh, that's new. That's a leaf. (laughs) I could do that. I could do that. So, um, you know, having people around me is really important. Like you to bounce things off of, to get clarity. I'm I'm grateful that I have a really nice support system right now that can kind of be like, okay, let's tune this in a little bit and focus. (laughs) Because I can't save the world. I can't save everybody. Right. So. But that's cool. That's okay. So there's really quite a few things that you offer at O'Brien yeah. Wellness. And your website is O'BrienWellness.com, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So lots to kind of check out there. Yes, absolutely. Um, so how, I mean, what was it like to even to start your own business? And when, you know, how long have you been doing this? Was this, you know, pre-kids or... You know, after you had the kids. Well, I always knew I was going to have my own business. I warned my husband. <laughs> I'm like, listen, it's in my blood. I I'm like, Steve. You know, my grandfather started his own trucking company when he was in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. And it, they were really successful at the top when they decided to sell it. You know, they were top 10 in the country. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's always been in my blood to be mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. And... I also get frustrated with management. So I need mm-hmm. to be able to manage myself. Um, right. So I did the health coaching and I tried, I just wasn't consistent with putting the effort in. I think I started with that maybe before my oldest was born. Um, but I think, and I've tried a couple other times, but this seems to be the, the, the right time for me. I feel like I have, I'm in a good place with the ages of my children. I'm in a yeah. good place yeah. with you know, having this other job and I'm in a good place where I have some good support right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things when you start to get all of those pieces, yeah. things are starting to move. You know, I feel like They're when you're really kids, I've seen this happen a lot. I mean, and it's logical, but you know, I have a lot of friends that when I stop and think about it, it's like, they are on like a, you know, like a, like a, what do I want to say? Like a, you know those things that gymnasts jump on to jump over the vault? It's the that like, the boingy thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's, exactly what you're talking no, about. It's like once your kids get to a second, a certain point, it's like, I've seen this 
um, where, you know, these, these moms really are able to just launch into, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, I'm ready for this, you know, new chapter. Um, I see it with myself. I mean, you know, I, I have a podcast, right. You know, I wouldn't have had a podcast prior. I wouldn't have even been on the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kids need me a little bit less and I'm, and there's a, that's a, that's a very deep thing. I mean, we need, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. that is a, you know, that's a deep topic. That's a deep, Absolutely. you know, all of a sudden you go from being such a, you know, so re- dependent, you know, having these people so dependent on you to having to kind of release that and letting them kind of have their own lives a little bit, their own little lives. Right. And then, you know, um, you're not making bottles or feeding them from your own body. And I mean, in a mm-hmm. very raw sense or, um, you know, when your oldest one starts making their own lunch, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, can you teach the other ones to do that too? <laughs> I mean, and I don't know how you felt, but I know for me, especially this year with the transition that we decided to do with the children, um, I all of a sudden just felt like this is the first time I've been able to, been, to breathe in the yeah, last few years yes. and be able to make that time for myself. And I yes. I don't know where Carrie lines up on this podcast, but on one of Carrie's pages, mm-hmm. on her Facebook page, Carrie Sands, um, mm-hmm. No, there was an interview with some other mom and it's like, I don't find time for myself. I make time for myself. And I just feel like I'm finally at a point mm-hmm. with the kids' age, kids' I don't think that's right. But anyway, <laughs> that I There's can- There's no grammar police here. I can make that more of a priority, that self-care. Right. You know, what's like funny. That. I just had this thought um, and I'm big on like movie references. Um mm-hmm. You know, the movie Tangled, the Disney movie Tangled, Mm -hmm. when she Mm -hmm. first gets out of the tower and she's just ping ponging, you know, (laughs) from just pure bliss and just the opportunities that await her Mm -hmm. and to just a complete and utter fear. And it really, you know, it can be like that. But anyway, we're we're going down a (laughs) hole. 40 minutes in, we're going down a rabbit hole. All right, let's see. Other questions I was going to ask you. Oh, yes. But yeah, talking about the, you know, the mom, the, you know, mompreneur side of all of this. So, you know, this balance, you know, the work home balance can be such a struggle, you know, and you've got two little ones, you know, how, I mean, you've kind of curated this self, this, this for yourself, you know, you were a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you've been able to ease into kind of a part-time, you know, thing, but you still, you're running your own business. So, you know, yeah. how, how do you manage that? It's a work in progress and <laughs> great um, pulling in the, well, and pulling in the OT side, I had read a really great article about balance. And so often we think of a balance is, you know, the teeter totter and everything has to be perfectly even. And that's not what balance should be. Mm. Balance should be something that's fluid and that moves. And depending on the day, what strategies, going back to strategy, coping skills do you have to, to get through the day? Mm. So maybe it's a day where, you know, I wanted to write a blog post and I just didn't because I needed to be with my kids and it's adjusting priorities that way. Right. And for me, it's also saying, you know what kids I need 30 minutes to get this one thing done and then I can be present. Right. Or, and this is the one that I totally struggle with is asking for support. 
Mm. You know, I really struggle with this and I don't know where it came from, still exploring it, but just the myth that I have to do it all myself. Right. I have to be the perfect mom, the housewife. Well, I all think we were it. taught all of this. I remember just reading right. an article a few months ago that was basically, you know, we're expected now to, you know, hold a career as if we don't have children and parent mm-hmm. our children like we don't hold a career. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. So, you know, and then working through some guilt and shame, like last week and this week, I scheduled a lot. I don't know what I was thinking when I did it, mm-hmm. but I also recognize that it's time limited. So I haven't been home at night as much to put the mm-hmm. kids to bed. And part of me struggles with that. And right. part of me is like, they need to see that. Right. And I know that it's time limited. Yeah, it's time. Exactly. So, Next week is not like that. Right. And, you know, and your kids know, you know, I think that's a great gift. It's hard to live it. It's hard to feel that it way, but... But it's a great gift. I mean, you know, for both of your children to see, um, you know, that their mom is doing this. And, and on top of it, it's an, it's really a noble cause. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a noble cause right. for it to be valuable. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, but it's like an extra bonus that, you know, not only are you, you know, are you working too? you know, daddy's not the only one that works. Um, but, you know, your 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 field is a field that helps people. Mm-hmm. So that's neat. So, and, so yeah, you know, you're managing yourself that. too. You know, that's oh. also a great. <laughs> <laughs> I OT, you know, last week, I think was it last week or two weeks ago, I wrote about it a little bit, but I had to OT myself, you know, something happened at work and I, you know, I came home all jacked up. Right. And anxiety you know, anxiety happens. And I was like, okay, what would I, what should I do? And, you know, I made myself go for a walk and then I made myself and sit down and do, I call it the circles of control. And it's an activity that I do. I did that. And then I did some tapping. And then I was like, you know, and I need to call in the big guns. I called in my friend and had a myofascial release. So, you know, my goodness. Okay. It was, was, (laughs) you OT'd yourself. I OT'd myself. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, you know, just kind of wrapping it up here, you know, what are some ways that you can help moms or, you know, what are some problems that typical moms face, working moms, stay-at-home moms, whatever, you know, what are some things that, that you could help, um, you know, you could help them with or that, or, or maybe not you specifically, either way, in a broader sense, you specifically could help moms with. Um, just the basic stuff. It's learning the self-care. It's learning how to make self-care a priority. And, you know, again, I wrote about this. I think so often I used to think of self-care as getting a massage, getting my hair done, these bigger, really Mm -hmm. nice things, but not things that people can do all the time. And that's also, that's what, you know, the media is telling you. You know, absolutely. Mom self care is like having a spa day, which is great. Don't I just had a spa yeah. day recently, mm-hmm. and it was a fantastic, uh, you know, manifestation of self care. I'll tell you what, but <laughs> but it's it can but be it, so much more than that, and, and and so much simpler than that. It really can, and you know, it can be as simple as maybe getting up ten minutes before the kids to enjoy tea or coffee, whatever you drink in the morning. And breathe for five minutes before, you know, the chaos of the mornings. Mm -hmm. It can be as simple as making time to get together with your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. you know, for that social outlet and making it a a commitment. Like I have a friend that we've now made it a commitment that we get together once a month and we missed a month. And I was like, ah, right. (laughs) You know, so self-care is, you know, your social support and maybe the kids come along, you know, or whatever. But if you can do it without the kids, it's kind of 
I think that's, you know, it's showing, it's giving yourself that time and honoring yourself right. for that self-care. And then you can turn also- around and be with the kids and be present and mm-hmm. be the mom that you want to be. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, and I do a balance wheel with people and it just kind of, you know, what does your actual day look like versus what does your ideal day look like? And I'm not talking about the millionaire. We just want a lot of has to work, but if you could really get the flow going and then how do we get closer to that? Right. So kind oh, of break it down like that. And it really, it's so funny because it really is, it's not rocket science. Um, no, but sometimes we need the help. We need the help. Yes. I think a lot of times we need the help. Yeah, not to discredit what you're doing, but, right. but it's not, you know, um, it's not rocket science. It's, yeah. It's not mm-hmm. rocket science, but yeah. But sometimes we really need that, that lifeline. It can be so helpful. And just having somebody else give you a perspective on something that you didn't think of. You're like, Oh, duh. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, you can be so. That was easy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. I think, you know, we got a, we got a good um, perspective at, you know, what OT does and, you know, the, how you specialize in OT and how helpful it can be, you know? um, And I think it definitely does relate to moms and, mm-hmm. you know, they can totally benefit from that. So yeah. very, very good. Very cool. Well, I have some questions. Sorry, I'm kind of like stretching and yawning a little bit here. Um, <laughs> I have some questions that I like to ask at the end of every interview. Yes. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Favorite author or book? Um, you can probably pronounce her name better than me, maybe. It's When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. Chodron? I have seen that name and I have not a clue. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what, where, I'm, where that I'm name is I'm going to apologize for those that it, she's just amazing. Um, it's a book that I, I was going through a tough time in college with my field work and stuff. And a therapist recommended the book to me. And it was my first introduction to Buddhism. And oh, it just so she's a Buddhist it, person. Is it he or she? She okay. and she's just she's real. Okay, she's real. So that's awesome. That okay. Love that book. I recommend it to everybody. Oh, so. I'm gonna be looking that up. Okay. Uh, favorite quote: um, "When you know better, you do better." Mm, okay. Love love that one because always learning, so I can always do better. Yeah, I think that's I and think that's Maya Angelou. I think you might be right about that. I heard that. I came across that recently. Um, yeah. and I can't remember where, and I think, um, because you know, you can't go back. You can't go back once you're enlightened. No, it's hard. Yeah. It, you, it, yeah. You can't, you can't. Act, I mean, you can squish it down and go back, yeah. <laughs> but, but you're hurts. aware, you, but it hurts and you yeah. know, you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. You can't go back once you're enlightened. You, when, you know, when you know better, you do better. Um, guilty pleasure. Uh, ben and Jerry fish food ice cream or half baked? <gasps> I love yep. fish food. Nobody talks about fish food. Yeah, that was. Um, I, love I remember fish when food. I was when I was pregnant with my oldest. The doctor's like, "You need to stop eating that." And I said, "Why?" Yeah, <laughs> what kind of doctor? No. Crazy for man. I didn't like man. Him. No, didn't like him. Fit, typical why. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, besides your family, because I have to say that otherwise people would say my family. Yeah. Besides no. your family, <laughs> what gets you going? What puts the fizz in your soda? Because we all know I have a hankering for a Coca-Cola. Uh, learning. Yes. Learning. Learning. 
constantly, constantly learning. I think at any moment you could come to my house or my computer and mm-hmm. see that I'm enrolled in like four courses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I got like four going true. on right now. I think that's true. <laughs> yes, I, I believe that to be true. Um, <sighs> what keeps you balanced and calm? Walking and my friend, Emily. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, she's my, she's my opposite. She's my like zen. So, um, what do you think the world needs more of? Compassion. Love it. Love it. Okay, there, AOB. Well, thank oh, we you. We didn't talk about Jordan. any earthy, crunchy things. Oh, we'll have to do another. We'll one. have to do another one because I mean, she's not like that, you know. She's normal. I'm normal, but I can go out. But you can go out there a little bit. Yeah, I know. I love some of the, like she was my, Andrea was my, um, my gateway to the essential oils world. I'm a believer now. I'm a total believer. Um, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, we'll have to do another one to talk about all the the fun stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Have an awesome day. You too. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.